the Flail Podcast. This is Troy. And Byers. And we are here with another edition of Late Nights at Blockbuster. We're here to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Tombstone. Uh, this movie was directed by George Cosmatos. Um, he of Rambo First Blood Part 2. One, one of my favorite titles of a movie, First Blood Part 2. Like just It just rolls off the tongue and makes all like- the sense. The yeah. hitman, the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Wife's bodyguard. Yeah. yeah, it's right up there. <laughs> um, he also directed Cobra, so uh, you're you're just getting some cheesy '80s uh, action it's all, movie. It's all Stallone so far. There, yeah, too. right. Um, the screenplay is by Kevin Jarre, um, who wrote Rambo: First Blood Part Two, Glory, and The Mummy. He was actually the director on this movie and he was doing so poorly that uh, Kurt Russell got him kicked off and replaced with uh, George Cosmatos, who literally had like two days to prepare and start working on the movie. And Val Kilmer said that if not for Kurt Russell, basically like being like an assistant director and working like that, this movie would have never stayed on uh, time and budget and they probably wouldn't have uh, uh, been successful. So the world would be a a darker place that's right um so we've got uh we'll run through a couple of people here we'll try not to step too much onto our acting category so we'll hit like the high points we've got kurt russell as wyatt earp val kilmer as doc holiday sam elliott as virgil earp bill paxton as morgan earp powers booth as curly bill brocious michael bine as johnny ringo uh and dana delaney as josephine marcus so i feel like i I kept on the well done the star the star yes. power without without getting too too crazy. Yeah. So, buyers, um, what do you love about this movie? Um, uh, it's Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday. That's all yeah. we really need to talk about. Now, there's a little more to talk about, <laughs> um, but he's he's just so good. Um, so many great lines, and this he just brings this character out that is just amazing. Like, it, it, no, who would know who Doc Holiday was without the movie Tombstone? Like mm-hmm. this character appears in other movies. I mean, there's even another Wyatt Earp movie that comes out a few months after this one, the big Kevin Costner one. And yeah, sorry if you're a big Kevin Costner or Wyatt Earp fan, but this one kicks that one's butt. Okay. It's not even close. I don't even know who plays Doc Holliday in that movie. Um, I saw it today and I forgot. It was actually a name I knew though. See, uh, yeah, the, I don't even the know. fact that you saw it today, it was a name you knew and you still forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it tells you everything you need to know. Yes. Um, I'll be like an old man with dementia and like in her home and still know that Val Kilmer uh, was, was Doc. I'll still be asking people. I'll be quoting him probably at that point as a crazy old man and being like, you know, Daisy at all or something. It'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> um, You'll be a Daisy if you do. <laughs> Daisy if you do. Um but you know, I, we'll, we're going to get into the whole Western genre with with a little draft action for you guys coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to be a, a spoiler for some of what you're going to get, but you're not going to get a whole lot of like old classic westerns out of me because I find them rather. How should I put this delicately? Uh, really boring and slow, um, <laughs> and repetitive. Like this is just the same. I, which movie is this? Um, right. So, sorry if you're a John Wayne fan and you're out there. I'm sorry. I can't tell the difference between hardly any of his movies. He's just the same mm-hmm. guy. He's yeah. like the original Nicolas Cage or something. I don't, you know, it, this is just yeah. who he is. He's always the same. Yeah. Um, and not that entertaining for me. But this, this was like Western 
to the core, mm-hmm. but like had all these plot twists and this, it, you know, it was just much more entertaining and much more modern um, in the way that it approached it. And so I think that's what they're going for too. You read a lot about this movie that they wanted to pay homage to that, mm-hmm. uh, but they also did a much better job than that. Like they really brought it forward. Um, yeah. As a, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good Southern Baptist preacher's kid. All right. So like I grew up listening to, you know, like Christian music. Mm-hmm. Um, you need some like hardcore quotes, not only around the word Christian, but also around the word music for some of what was coming out when I was like a kid. Right. Like it was like, there's like a clear quality difference between how this music is made. Like not, not talking about lyrics and content, like production and how good of musicians these are. And like that went away eventually. Like, we got to the nineties and had like DC talk making like actual good music. And like, we had people like Switchfoot come along who like, no, they're just legitimate good bands. Like they don't have to be some second rate, different category of music to, to qualify. And sometimes that's how like old Westerns almost feel like, Oh, well, we're just making a Western. Like we could just slap this together and do this stuff. And, and tombstone doesn't do all that. Like it's just a good movie that also happens to be a Western. So Carmen's uh, Satan bite the dust is like going like shrinking back into it's doing the Homer Simpson like shrinking into the hedge right there because it felt like you were just talking about it like as if it wasn't even there. (laughs) That was like a really deep cut for the 90s kids. So uh, you're welcome, everybody. They got that joke. I'm just going to leave it at that and not explain the joke and, and mess it up. All right. Um, I I love that this is a perfect blend of old school and new school, similar to what you were talking about. Um, It never crosses the line into the spaghetti westerns that were famous. Like, I really like, like, uh, westerns have to be very good for me to like them. But I like the, 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 um, I'm probably nuts. I'm, I shouldn't step on our our top five westerns, but there are certain like spaghetti westerns that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna forgive that because I like like the the movie overall. Um, but it never crosses that line into like silly like that yeah. some of those uh, of those westerns did. Um, but because it 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 kind of walks this fine line, there are just so many funny parts that makes it so much more enjoyable. Like the running gag of Wyatt Earp turning everyone down to be a peacekeeper. And like, he's got like his own like crew, like, like running, like his, his posses, like run it. Like, Nope, he already told you like stiff arm. Like don't, he doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Stop, stop, stop right there. Mayor stop right there. Um, local sheriff stop right there. County sheriff, you know? So, um, uh, I love the, um, the, right in the middle of this cool walk down main street this kid comes out of nowhere and just goes bang 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 (laughs) just like totally like just disrupts like the uh the cool walk but then they go right back into it so uh it just kind of it puts you more on edge than you were before um i love sam elliott in this movie and he just does not get enough to do like um if you're a big sam elliott fan uh, I can't. I can't recommend 1883. Um, it's a Yellowstone prequel, but you don't have to know anything about Yellowstone if you just want to watch a good western. It's about uh, the Oregon Trail. Um, it's got um, uh, oh my goodness, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw in it too. 
um, Ed Sama that's just awesome in it. So just a, a good Western as well. But uh, I felt like I was like, oh yeah, Sam Elliott's in this. And I was like, oh man, he doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough here. So, I could use some more Virgil. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the more the, the, the last thing I'll say is the more I watch this movie, uh, the more I love it. Like I, I came to the party a little bit late. I think that I think that I finally watched Tombstone like uh, when I was at Blockbuster. So like maybe 10 years after it came out and I just wasn't a big Western fan. And still I'm, I'm not, but like the more I watch it, um, like, cause at that point in time, I was like, that was pretty good, but I don't understand why people hold it in such high regard. Like this one guy that I work with, he quotes it all the time all the time. It's like one of his favorite movies. And I was like, Tombstone, really? So then like I gave it another chance and bought it on Voodoo because it was like during a sale, watched it. And then when we when we did Val Kilmer, um, top five Val Kilmer forever ago, one of the last episodes of- The last uh, episode. If, 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 if Joseph Cook, if you're out there going, they've never done top five Val Kilmer. <laughs> they have, but you've never heard it. Yeah, it's that and, and Willow, right? We never really- yeah. saw, Okay. Um, and so I watched it again. And so now this is like the fourth time I've watched it. And I was like, this is such a stinking good movie. Like it's so good. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into our, our favorite scenes. Um, I'm with you. It gets better every time I watch it. I feel like, um, but I like, I like the wedding at the beginning. Cause you get this introduction to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening narration is not bad either. Um, kind yeah. of set stage. Um, but th- you get the wedding and especially, especially you get this characterization of Johnny Ringo. That's so important. Um, that, you know, this, this is one evil dude. Like this, this is, and this is the real villain. Like Curly Bill Broshi is like kind of the big face and the big loud one. And he's mm-hmm. definitely a villain as well. They all are, but like the villain, like in all caps is going to be Johnny Ringo. And so they let you know that right away that he's he's the real bad guy here so yeah um just continuing with the introductions i got the erp family arriving in tucson headed to tombstone like you get to know who they are right away get to know their wives um and all kind of how all of that like plays into it um these guys have been basically waiting their whole lives to meet up together they were all peacekeepers at one time and they're here to make money they're here to get rich, you know, so um, they're that's their plan and they're sticking to it. So um, they uh, it was just a, a good intro to who they are and what they're there for. Right. Yeah. If you were placing bets on which one was going to be the one that broke, that crosses the line that goes back to peacekeeping, it's Sam yeah. Elliott's character. Like, oh, 100%. Big time. like, yeah, just it's Sam Elliott. Of course, he's the one that's going right. to go first. Yeah. Um, I have the poker game where you get to meet Doc right after that because well it's, yep. it's 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 doc um it's doc holiday it's my favorite character so there's plenty of drag ceremony coming from him and especially from this first scene but yeah it's again a great introduction to that character as well they really set the stage well with all these all these people and what their what their motivation is and who they are so yeah um from a historical perspective the tombstone entrance is uh is really interesting like you see like this just 
bustling, I'm using air quotes, bustling <laughs> uh, mining town that has like 7,000 people in it. And like Morgan Earp is losing his mind. Oh He's like, we're going to make a bunch of money here. This is a, this is a, a wrestling Berg. Like he's just, I'm just like, what is going on with Bill Paxton? And they're just, it just, it's supposed to represent that like, Hey, this is, this is big time. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of money here. Like you could get like the finest Paris, Paris fashions, like just crazy stuff out in the middle of nowhere. And if you've been to Tombstone, it, it is, is literally out, in the, middle, out of in the middle of nowhere. Like they show them showing up in Tucson and like Tucson is like, if, if it was like, as the bird flies in like a car, it's like three hours away from Tombstone. So imagine what that's like, like back in those days after you get off of the the train in Tucson. <laughs> so it's crazy, crazy. The next one I have is when when Wyatt takes over the Pharaoh game um, with a uh, I'm just gonna call him Billy Bob Thornton because um, that's who he is. Johnny Johnny it's, Tyler. It's Johnny Tyler, but I I never remember his name, <laughs> which is funny because his name is in a quote that I have, but that's okay. Nice. Um, but you know just slapping him I, you just see like he, he doesn't even have a gun when he goes in there and like he's making a big deal about like the other you know so some awful you know you're, you're talking real big for a guy that's not even carrying a gun and he's like i don't need a gun to take you out like he starts <laughs> slapping him in the face repeatedly and literally grabs him by his ear to throw him out like just drags him out you just see like this guy's a presence like this is yeah. this is what makes him wider it's not like he's like lots of, of Western heroes, it's like because they're good with a gun. Like that's mm, their big skill. Mm-hmm. And that's not why it's big skill. Um, not that he's bad at that, but like he's just you're just not gonna you're not gonna mess with this guy. He's just yeah. gonna come do what he wants and assert his will on yeah. things, and that's what he does. Um so I have uh I think it's called the birdcage, if I'm not mistaken. Um their the their little the theater, the concert hall. Yeah, um, I think you're right. But uh, but especially Mr. Fabian's like St. Crispin's Day speech. Like, here's this dude like <laughs> dressed up in all silk and all these cowboys. They shoot at him and he doesn't flinch. And then he finishes his uh, his St. Crispin's Day speech and they get up and they cheer him. Like, it's just like, <laughs> so surreal. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, so. Um. And I have at, right after that, they go to the Oriental, uh, which is where um, Wyatt has his his little growing business. Uh, this is where you get you get Ike Clank getting in his face with all the law dog lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the Ringo and Doc standoff early on here, setting up like, oh, oh, this is this is really who it's going to be like. This is yeah. going to be the big fight. Like they already established that Ringo is the big bad. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of assume going in like all right, so Wyatt and Ringo are going to have this big moment. And then like, no, 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 no. It's going to be Doc Holliday and Ringo. Yeah. This is the rivalry that's going to really exist here. And they set it up. They did a good job of foreshadowing that Curly and Wyatt are like yeah. the two kind of going and Johnny and and Doc. So like yes. it, it's, uh, it does a good job of like stating its intention pretty early on. But by the time you get to the end, um, yeah. Um, right after that, I've got Virgil. He just can't take it no more. Uh, he becomes the sheriff, and Morgan becomes the deputy. Um, so I like those, uh, like that scene. 
Uh, yeah, I like the one that comes that kind of sets the stage for that when Curly Bill kills the marshal. Yeah. Um, start, it's, I like where it starts where uh, Doc's playing the piano, and so you get all the piano player. There's mm. some good line, mm-hmm. but you get that back and forth. And, and even here, like, Wyatt can't help himself entirely either. Like, he's not going right. as far as Virgil, but, like, he steps in and, like, grabs Curly Bill after he shoots the marshal and, and yeah. stuff. So those definitely go right together. So I've got the OK Corral after that. Um, them just walking down the street, singing do what diddy, diddy daisy do, um, and uh, and finishing there. So it's really like it's literally at the OK Corral. Like all of this is on set in Tombstone. They might have made it a little bit bigger because Tombstone is really small when you go there. It's amazing how small it is. Um, so like they did a pretty good job of making it just slightly bigger. Um, but yeah. But don't you know, Tombstone's going to be as big as San Francisco someday. They San told you so. Francisco. Beginning of the movie. Yep. Um, yeah, obviously I have the okay corral too. Um, cause that's, this is what Wyatt Earp's famous for is this moment right here. Um, and what's mm-hmm. funny is like people make a big deal, like, cause it's super fast. Yeah. It feels like it's 90 seconds in the movie. Uh, which is actually historically about three times too long. Um, <laughs> you really go back and read. I'm like, you know, I'm okay that they stretch 30 seconds into 90 seconds. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but that was funny. Um, I have the Cowboys revenge scene after that, like the night where they, they go after Virgil and Morgan. Um, why it ends up out in the street covered in blood, just kind of distraught. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after that, I've got the white gets the remaining Cowboys together, um, and goes on a, goes on a spree and kills Curly Bill. So, so he's, oh, sorry, sorry. Wyatt gets, um, uh, Ike, Ike, no, not Ike. Um, shoot. What's his name? Michael Rooker's character and Texas Pete and, um, oh, um, all the cowboys that that yeah, were like, hey, they've him. gone too far. Yeah, there's three of them. So. Uh, Turkey Creek, Jack Johnson. Turkey Creek. Turkey Creek. How did I? How did I mess that up? I remember, uh, and it's not Texas Pete. It's like no, that's uh, hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good, so good. At least it's not Pistol Pete. Yeah. Uh, I've got white getting those guys together and they go on a spree and they ultimately kill Curly Bill in that uh, standoff in the river. So, yeah. Yeah. That part moves like from the train station where he gets Ike to, to Curly Bill. It's just like, mm-hmm. just, I called it the death montage. Like it's right? just, they're just killing people left and right. Yeah. That one's really good. Um, and I have, I have doc and Ringo after that. Like, yep. Have to have that. Uh, it's such an ugly gunfight, which I, yeah. I like, you know, like sometimes mm-hmm. we, we make these gunfights into this like kind of romantic thing almost where it's just like this, yeah. this quick draw and the other guy slowly falls over after shooting in the chest and you stand there heroically and like, no, it's mm-hmm. not this. This one's not like that at all. This one's a little more realistic. So, yeah, everything in this uh, in this movie feels that like even the OK Corral, you think of it as like this romantic thing. And it's just like dudes shooting at each other from behind fences and like standing <laughs> a couple of feet away and missing each other a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, I have the last charge of Wyatt Earp and his immortals because that's what Doc <laughs> Holliday sound says, and it sounds awesome. Like it does that awesome. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Nope. Oh, I've got Doc at the sanatorium. That's pretty good. Pulls together the movie. It does. That's the, that's the real ending, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, Amen, oh. brother. Amen. <laughs> Preach. We'll get up more on that later. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite scene? This is going to sound funny. I really love when Wyatt comes to town and slaps the snot out of Billy Bob Thornton and takes over his feral game. I just. Can we combine that one with like Doc? Coming actually, into town right after. Actually, yeah. no, it's it's not that. It's when the Cowboys come to the Oriental and yeah. they have yeah. their standoff with Curly Bill and then Doc and yes, yeah, the teacup is actually my favorite part. I don't know why I'm trying to pretend like it's something else. It's exactly it's I was like I was like, come on, shot glass. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, it's that. You got this. You got Sorry. this. Okay. It's all good. I was letting you get there on your own. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to always agree, but in this case, no, that's this, the right this answer. This is a real winner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a right answer yeah. this time. All right. We're going to try to keep Drax to a an appropriate amount, but we make no promises. This has 10 so. things I hate about you potential. Okay. <laughs> it just does. And it's all uh, Val Kilmer's fault. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Wyatt's got some Wyatt's heaters. Wyatt's got some, some heaters, too. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got like a normal amount of heaters for a movie, like where you're the <laughs> star true. and it's got That's good true. lines. Yeah, Valkyrie's just on fire. Yeah, Val, like like Kurt Russell's like looking at dailies. He's like, why is Val Kilmer just owning me in this in my own movie here? <laughs> just, just the way he says the most normal stuff made me want to put it in the Drax Award. And I'm like, that's right. a boring line, but just how right. he delivered he it just, was incredible. He just killed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to start with Ringo just to throw us off of all that talk now <laughs> uh, at the opening wedding after the guy translates horribly mm. what he said mm-hmm. because that's not what he said you miserable wretch your spanish is worse than your english <laughs> it's because he's got an italian uh, playing uh, a mexican but we'll get into that later yeah uh, I've got the same one, or I got some uh, from the same scene. Uh, Curly Bill, they sit down to eat after they killed everybody and goes, Hey, Johnny, what did that Mexican mean by a sick horse is going to get us? Johnny Ringo says, He was quoting the Bible, Revelations, behold the pale horse. The man who sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. So. And it, it comes back up later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a really, it's a good job with that one. Um, we first meet Doc. He's playing cards, of course, because it's Doc Holiday. And it, the guy he's playing with gets mad. His name's Ed, apparently. He's like, "Why, Ed? Are we not friends anymore? I just don't think I could bear it if we weren't friends." <laughs> <laughs> I have that one too. Um, he, oh, I love like the lead into that. He goes, "Ed, what an ugly thing to say! I abhor ugliness." Does this mean we're not friends anymore? <laughs> I just I, like the way he says, I abhor ugliness. <laughs> and yes, I'm going to bust out the Southern draw because uh, I just to. can't help you myself. To. You can't, can't, you can't read myself. these lines from Doc and not. Yeah. It just comes out. You do a good job of not reading Harry Potter in the British accent. I have to. <laughs> like, I just have to. But you did a good job. Oh. 
Oh, I, I even had like the early part of it whenever he was saying, it must be a pinch of my hand. No, he goes, what, what, Ed Bailey, are we cross? Ed says, them guns don't scare me. Cause without them guns, you ain't nothing but a skinny lunger. <laughs> why is, why is lunger like lunger, the greatest insult in this entire yeah. movie, by the way? Like what's wrong with you? You got tuberculosis. Yeah. Like, like jerk. This is like, <laughs> like it's a thing that they can this, control. Yeah, this is like it's like calling someone a cancer patient right like, as an insult like what yeah. is wrong with you guys Ugh. oh man um johnny tyler billy bob thornton's character it's just he's going off on all the guys sitting around about the smoke they're blowing and he finally goes it's like i'm sitting here playing cards with my brother's kids <laughs> uh, uh so right after that, um, Wyatt goes, go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoking wagon and see what happens. <laughs> like, skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do the rest of the line. <laughs> uh, like, it's a serious line. It's delivered seriously. It makes you laugh, but also serious. Uh, and he goes, listen, mister, I'm getting, I'm getting awful tired up here. And he slaps him across the face. I'm getting tired of your gas. Now drink that pistol and go to work. <laughs> and then he slaps him again harder. And he goes, I said, throw down, boy. You're going to do something or you're just going to stand there and bleed. I didn't think so. <laughs> like, just back to back to back. Are you going to do something or just stand there and bleed? <laughs> it's so incredible. Um, if not for a lot of Doc's lines, like that oh, might man. be my favorite exchange. Yeah. Yes. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I have. So he leaves, right? And then yeah. Doc shows up and they start talking and he comes back with his shotgun looking for Wyatt. Yeah. And, and Doc calls him out and then he like, Doc, is that you? And so then him and Doc and Wyatt are catching back up and they look over and Doc goes, oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were here. You can leave now. <laughs> and Wyatt goes, leave the, shot, leave the shotgun. He just puts yeah. it down behind him. <laughs> My favorite part is that he says, thank you, as he walks away. <laughs> thank you for not killing me, thank sir. Thank you. I can leave now. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Ringo steps up to Doc and says, you must be Doc Holliday. Doc says, that's the rumor. You retired too? Not me. I'm in my prime. <laughs> yeah, you look it. <laughs> just, of course, he's just pale and sweating on a 36-hour bender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to keep that one going. Um, yeah. Because then he goes, and you must be Ringo. Look, darling, Johnny Ringo, the deadliest pistolier since Wild Bill, they say. What do you think, darling? Should I hate him? And Kate, you don't even know him. Doc goes, yeah, there's something about him. Something around the eyes. I don't know. Reminds me of me. No, I'm sure I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> then they exchanged their, they exchanged the Latin the lines Latin, after that, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And after the Latin, he goes, evidently, Mr. Ringo is an educated man. <laughs> now I really hate him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of that 36 hour bender, they come in and they're like, all right, doc, let's, let's get out of here before you do something stupid. And he goes, nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> that one too. 
Oh, they're giving they're giving Wyatt a hard time about Josephine um, right after the play. And uh, Doc, you can see Doc's just setting him up because he can see that she's about to come into the into the bar. Yeah, and he's talking big, and and she comes up dancing, and and Wyatt just there's this like beyond awkward moment where Wyatt's like not doing it, and he steps away and just looks away, and she mm-hmm. kind of walks away dejectedly, and it kind of kills all. And Doc leans over and goes, "I stand corrected, Wyatt. You are an oak." <laughs> I skip all the way to the uh, close to the end where uh, Wyatt comes up and he's on his horse uh, and there he's leading the train of them out or he's leading the caravan of them going back to the train uh, to uh, take Morgan and Virgil somewhere else uh, or take Morgan and his Morgan and his cast it and uh, and Virgil somewhere else. And he goes up to Curly and he goes, I just want you to know it's over between us. In like the best like memeable moment, like Curly Bell goes, "Well, bah." <laughs> Amazing! It's so good. <laughs> oh, I had that one too. Um, I have a few more before that, though, of course, because I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc comes out there. It's after Curly Bill shoots shoots the marshal, and they're having the standoff, and uh, Billy's out there, uh, played by uh, Thomas Hayden Church, who's who was just. There's a great line at the piano before this, which we can't give you yes. because we're a PG-13 mm-hmm. podcast, but it's Correct. awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Frederick Chopin. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Doc it's comes a out. Nocturne. <laughs> Doc comes out and goes, and you, music lover. <laughs> and Billy goes, why, it's the drunk piano player. You're so drunk, you can't hit nothing. And he pulls out his knife. says, in fact... You're probably seeing double. And Doc pulls out a second gun and goes, and I have two guns, one for each of you. <laughs> uh, I had to cut that one because I just had so many, but it's so good. It's so good. Um, so Turkey Creek Jack Johnson uh, says, Doc, yeah, you ought to be in bed. What the heck are you doing out this for? What are you doing this for anyway? And this is right after they, they win the battle at the, the river. Um, and Doc Holiday says, Wyatt Earp is my friend. And he says, heck, I got a lots of friends. And Doc Holiday says, I don't. I had that one. That's a great one. Um, <laughs> Doc is playing uh, poker with Ike earlier. And Ike gets mad, calls him a cheater. Gets all mad and Doc goes, maybe poker's just not your game. I know. Let's have a spelling contest. <laughs> I can't even get through some of these without cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to sound uh, like Doc Holiday over I there. I know, longer. right? My, I'm a lunger. <laughs> Uh, Sherman McMasters says, uh, where is he talking about Wyatt? Uh, and Doc goes down by the Creek walking on water. Oh, that was great. Ringo is drunk after, after the okay corral comes stumbling out into the street, yelling at him. And Wyatt turns around and goes, what do you want Ringo? I want your blood. I want your soul. And I want them both right now. <laughs> Uh, it's good lead into to mine. Um, 
uh, Johnny's out waiting at the, the oak tree for Wyatt Earp. And he goes, well, I didn't think you had it in you. And Doc comes out of the shadows perfectly. Like you've got this outline that doesn't look like Doc um, quite uh, quite in the way that uh, it looks more like uh, Wyatt. And he goes, I'm your Huckleberry. And you see that Ringo's like, oh, no. Uh, he goes, what, Johnny Ringo? You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. Oh, I beg to differ, sir. We started our game. We never got to finish. Play for blood, remember? Oh, I was just fooling about. Like, that's not the thing that you say when some dude's here to kill you. Like, I was just messing. <laughs> like, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It, I wasn't. And this time, he shows his deputy marshal badge. It's legal. Yeah, I had that one, too. That one's good. Um, hey, we did pretty good. I'm down to my last one. Um, Doc talking to Wyatt when he's laying in the in the bed. Yeah, that's what I got. Says you're the, you're the only human being in my entire life that ever gave me hope. So it's the same scene, uh, but not the same uh, uh, same quote that I thought you were going to go go with. Um, so uh, Doc Holliday says, "There's no normal life. There's no normal life, Wyatt. It's just life. Get on with it." Because I don't know how. Sure you do. Say goodbye to me. Go grab that spirit actress and make her your own. Take that beauty from it. Don't look back. Live every second. Live right on to the end. Live, Wyatt. Live for me, Wyatt. If you were ever my friend, if you ever had even the slightest of feeling for me, leave now. Leave now, please. And then Wyatt says, thanks for always being there, Doc. Like, just a, oh, like, that's the best part of the movie, right? Great. Just their it their relationship, and we should yeah. let some uh, some right. some narration tell us that, that why it does go find her. Yeah, maybe, yes. maybe you let us see them see each other, but yes, don't talk to each other. Please don't yeah. talk to each other because I don't need to hear yeah. any of those lines again. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite? Uh, I think a lot of people's Man. That, that that they know is I'm your Huckleberry, or uh, we didn't even pull out your Daisy if you do. You're a um, daisy if you do, which is an actual line. Actual like line, that, yes. Yeah, that they that they reported in the papers yes. that Doc Holliday actually said this in real uh, life. I thought that was hilarious. It's so funny. I I loved this movie enough. I wrote a paper on Doc Holliday in college for a class. And yeah. yeah. Everything was legit. It's Val Kilmer. He gets into these things. <laughs> <sighs> this is so tough. This is like choosing a favorite child to pick a favorite Let's be honest. I'm picking a favorite Doc Holiday quote. Yeah. I really love maybe poker's not your game last <laughs> Let's have a spelling <laughs> contest. It's just such great trash talk. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's probably him and Ringo going back and forth. That whole, you retired mm-hmm. too? No, I'm in my prime. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's either that one. Like, I'm your Huckleberry is like probably like the, the most famous quote, but I think that... That one is like the the best. Yeah, you look it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, let's go on to recognize my face. What do you got? I'm going to pull some some Xavier Wallace move right here and and pick an old guy that is super famous, but I'm like freaking out because like, hey, I know who that guy is. Because Charlton Heston shows up towards the end of this movie, like for like he was on mine. Yeah, 
I'm like, I know it's Charlton Heston, so that's not our normal like recognize my face moment necessarily. Like, I'm but not it's way after, out. yeah, it's yeah. way after he it's was like famous, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I had to go check it just makes that's really Charlton Heston. Like, he just shows up as uh, Henry Hooker, whoever it is. Like, it's, yep, Henry Hooker. Um, so that that one was that one's funny. Um, Jason Priestley of 90210 fame gets to mm-hmm. hang out. And, and be a, an interesting little character in this one. Um, <laughs> say the least. He's like the, the deputy sheriff. I didn't get that until like the very end, whenever he's like with the Cowboys, like, um, like, I just guess I just wasn't paying enough attention the four yeah. other times that I watched this movie or the three other times I watched this movie. Yeah. He's like B hands. Second in yeah, command. Second in command. Yeah. Um, this movie does not restore any faith in uh, the law enforcement system of the old West, by the way, either. Like, Correct. By the end yeah. of this movie, everyone has a batch and they're just killing right. each other mercilessly. Mm-hmm. Um, Dana Wheeler Nicholson, who plays Maddie, yep. uh, Wyatt's wife. It's Angela Colette from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I went with, um, oh shoot, what's her name in Fletch? Um, I knew you would, so I left it. You knew it. Like uh, I didn't even. Dang. I didn't even. I saw she was. I was like, "Oh yeah, Fletch." She is uh, Gail Standwick. Yeah. Yep. Um. We we already mentioned Lost Heads, but Terry O'Quinn is in yep. this movie. That that's mm-hmm. he's like one of the two people that I'm like lost. This is what Lost is for me. Yes. Him and uh, what's the big dude with the long, crazy, curly hair's name? Uh, Hurley. Hurley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and Hurley. That I'm always, those are the people I'm like lost. Everybody else, yeah. I have to go, oh, yeah, you were in that. So, and then uh, this one's funny Frank Stallone is in this movie, which made it hilarious <laughs> that you, you were bringing out all the Rambo and it goes right. And I'm like, so this dude's just friends with the Stallones. That's what I'm getting. Him and Frank, right. Back, you know, mm-hmm. go way back or something. I just thought it was funny. Frank Stallone was in this. So, yeah. Um, unrecognizable in this movie as ike clanton uh steven lang is the uh, bad guy in avatar like oh, the, yeah. the, the the colonel and and uh in avatar uh number one and two sorry spoiler if you haven't seen number two i haven't um, okay <laughs> i've only watched number one like once okay uh <laughs> he's in avatar <laughs> I read that he was in those. You didn't spoil anything. Yeah. Um, I've also got John Corbett from my big fat Greek wedding. He's one of the the cowboys. Okay. Um, I put him in before they were stars. stars. I knew you were getting (laughs) it. It is a giant movie in the trilogy, apparently now. And and mostly, yeah, I don't, let's not go there. I don't know. When I see him, I go, oh, hey, look, it's John Corbett. Like, I knew his name instantly. Uh, okay. But if, okay. You, if I didn't really even no, enter into the IMDb right. to see if he belongs right. there or not, or if he belongs in one of these you know what? categories. I'm going to put him in um, Jeff Goldblum right now. <laughs> That's fair enough, because I can't name anything besides my Big Fat Creek Wedding. My Big Fat Creek Wedding. <laughs> but you knew it was John Corbett. I knew it was yeah. John Corbett. I just yeah. assume he's in other stuff, but maybe he's not. It's it's right. That would that would make my fourth member of the Jeff Goldblum gang. So we'll get to those. Yeah. So I put in Thomas Hayden Church, um, 
Did you I put, put him, him in Gold Jeff Blue? Goldblum? Yeah. Because I like know uh, his name instantly. Yeah. Lowell on Wings. Yes. That's He's Lowell on Wings. On That's wings. who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Lowell on Wings has an Oscar nomination, by the way. Who would have predicted that? That's awesome. Um, that, mo- or that show has a bunch of great people on it because it has Tony Shaloub yes. uh, on it as, as well. So, loved Wings. Watched it along with, uh, it, was, it came on after Saved by the Bell. Um, every every afternoon whenever he got home from school. Uh, Paula Malcolmson uh, is Allie Earp, uh, Virgil's wife. Um, that's Katniss's mom um, in uh, Hunger Games. I didn't even look at uh, her stuff because it didn't... <laughs> it just didn't she register. totally is. Yeah. She has like one scene where you can like see her face like full on and you're like, oh, that's yeah. her. I can picture yeah. it and I'm like, how did I not? Yeah. Um, Thomas Arana, he is Frank Stillwell. He's like on screen for like two seconds right after he's with Thomas Hayden Church um, and uh, um, Stephen Lang as they're walking away after they shot the deputy um, in the like it, out in the middle of the street at night. He's Quintus uh, in Gladiator the uh oh, the, yeah. the right hand man of commodus so he yeah. totally is yeah uh also had charlton heston so lots of recognize my face but lots of moving things around so because so i just didn't have a whole lot in our other categories later so. <laughs> don't worry i got you covered <laughs> all right great name and casting uh buck taylor plays turkey creek jack johnson <laughs> this is a twofer like this character name is amazing uh, it's real life right. name. he's just made to play someone named turkey creek that's how, awesome. do, you, how do you improve on buck buck, buck taylor? taylor turkey creek jack johnson that's how turkey creek jack johnson um uh, there's a literal human being in this movie his real name in real life is frank costanza <laughs> i was waiting for that one yep. i was like what that's amazing I let you have that one. I was like, he'll 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 take that one. Uh, Harry Carey Jr. No, he's not related to no. Harry Carey, the announcer. <laughs> but there's Harry Carey, who's a very famous Western actor who uh, knew like all these guys, and so the he's the um, he's the uh, the deputy that gets killed. Gotcha. Um, I thought those were just the same guy. I thought Harry Carey got famous and that's how I got the Cubs kick was by being this famous. Just kidding. Hey, <laughs> if the, if the moon was made out of spare ribs, would you eat it? Sorry. We're not, I old know enough, I would. we're not old enough to actually know Harry Carey. We just know Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. <laughs> hey, Carey. I watched some Cubs games with uh, WGN growing up, I, man. I did too back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one I had is Wyatt Earp the third. Like that's his actual name. Real name. He's like a fifth distant cousin from Wyatt Earp. He plays Billy Claiborne. So yeah, that was fantastic. Like, right? You're scrolling through the cast of the movie Tombstone and the name Wyatt Earp. I'm like, no way, no way. <laughs> I was expecting. I was kind of relieved that it was just like a distant cousin, um, because by the way, none of the Earp boys had sons, so there's no direct Earps from any of mm. those brothers. But I was like, did some fan, like crazy extra person, love this movie so much that they legally changed their name to Wyatt Earp just so they could like get into Tombstone? Like, I was waiting for a ridiculous story. That's awesome. So I was relieved. 
I had more faith in humanity that he's actually just related to him. There was no uh, reel of uh, them rapping <laughs> when no. you went to their, their actor page. Yeah, no, okay. no Jedi monologue that they wrote themselves. No, none of that. Gotcha. All right. Who beefed? Does it hold up? Historically, it actually does pretty well. Like if you go look through like people like, like you said, there was like the literal line from Doc Holliday was reported in the paper. Um, I know probably most people that watch this would expect us to go off on the uh, scene where Wyatt kills Curly Bill, like mm, walking out mm-hmm. of the river and everyone's shooting at him and nothing yeah. touches him. And then he just shoots right. Curly Bill. Yeah, that's actually how it happened. Curly Bill had three shots at him and none of them hit. <laughs> and then Wyatt, Wyatt blows him away. Um, so the, the timeline gets a little wrong from real life. But that's yeah. mostly just called, we need to make this into a movie, not a Netflix show that lasts for four seasons. Right. Um, and so they, they were talking about that, that like um, the the writer, uh, Kevin Jare, like he had created like this giant epic, like Lonesome Dove is like a mini series. Yes. And I think that he was kind of like trying to do something like that. And they were like, no, we're trying to make a feature film. Like yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta tighten this up. So. And this is from 1993. So it's like a nice tidy, uh, epic mm-hmm. film. If this had been made like now, it would be three hours and they would have oh, yeah. left easily. some of that stuff in easily, but I'm glad mm-hmm. we did not do that. So, cause it, they don't change like even the order of stuff necessarily, or like the major events, like this is how it all went down. We just mm-hmm. pushed it together and spread like, Virgil and Morgan don't actually get shot on the same night in real life. Like it's months mm. apart. Um, and it's months after the okay corral, like the okay corral happens. And like three months later, uh, Virgil gets shot. And then a couple months later, Morgan gets shot and died, but that's how it went down. Like they got shot. Uh, right. Morgan even gets shot in the pool hall. Like that location mm. was even accurate. Um, and yeah. he died. So all that stuff was there. But that makes sense in the vein of like oh, yeah, just pushing a narrative in the movie. Yeah. Yes. Because so. who wants to wait around for that? Yeah. Uh, least favorite scene. So right in the middle of the, uh, the, the last charge of, of Wyatt Earp and his immortals, uh-huh. there's a moment where they're riding like full on going. <laughs> and, and, shake and, hands. <laughs> and I'm like, I hate this. I hate that it's part. So corny. So it's bad. so corny. It's my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't get rid of everything else from that. Everything else in that is great. Just the handshake. Yeah. I'm like, please, yeah. please never do that again. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna um so the ending is super strange, as we've mentioned several times. That's my least favorite scene. Uh the second followed behind is the, the awkward handshake. <laughs> um so if we were to edit the movie, I would take out this, the whole subplot with Wyatt and Josephine. Like you read up a bunch of stuff and uh, Wyatt Earp kind of perpetuated his own narrative <laughs> and uh, he wasn't like a super great guy. And like this makes him like really bad in my eyes. You know, we talk a lot about Doc in this, but like he should really. Okay. This Doc goes is into who he is. And Yeah, yeah. Like, but he kind of dotes after uh, Big Nose Kate, you know. Like, for sorry, that's what her name is in real life, Big Nose Kate. They made her like very attractive, Kate, for the movie. But uh, yeah, her name was Big Nose Kate. Everybody, yeah. So 
Yeah. This this whole subplot with him and uh, and Josephine and apparently there was like a scene that they cut where um, his wife ODs on laudanum. Yeah. And uh, and dies, so it makes it okay. But um, it was but, already starting before. Like she's alive yeah. and well, well, not well, but she's alive. Right. Um, right. When it starts, all the yeah, the horse ride and all this. Yeah, I read some of that too. Yeah. I would. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I would can go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially the end. Like the end, especially the other parts. Like they still fit with the flow, kind of. Like we have this random horse ride, but it doesn't seem terribly out of place because it comes before the turn of we have to take care of these guys, and I'm on my revenge yeah. tour and all that stuff. Like when he's trying to still live this normal life and make some money and all that kind of stuff. But like the very end just feels so out of yeah. place and is so cheesy. And I hate the. I don't know how we'll make money. It's okay. My family's rich. Like, this is just stupid. <laughs> this is just dumb. And yeah. it's just like, they're out there. Like, they should just have Doc, like I already said. They can see yeah. each other. You can show me the two of them, like, her walking out of a door and he's standing in the road or something, and they make eye contact. But don't let them talk. Yeah. Just let Doc's black. words be the yeah. last thing and let let the, uh, mm-hmm. the narrator give me a little ending like he does anyway. Yeah that says they get together if you have to keep it in i'm with you i could just get rid of josephine altogether yeah. although now that i'm thinking about it like she is part of like the faustian like deal with the devil like he's come there and he's 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 um he's corrupted by greed and lust and yeah. money and all these other things but i don't know it just I think you could still keep Faust in there and just have that theater scene because it has all the stuff with the Cowboys that's so fun and shows like right. You could probably oh, I just but I just yeah, I just meant like if they don't keep oh, I get what you're saying. Like if we you could still have Faust and you could still have them because there's nice little lines like Doc leans up to Kate and is like, "Is your soul for sale?" and and you get Curly Bill saying something about selling your soul and Johnny Ringo's like, "Already did it." You know, like you already had that stuff yeah. that goes with that scene. So you don't have to have her staring up at right. Like it makes it look like they're like three feet apart, by the way, in that scene. Like when she's looking up from the stage up to where he <laughs> is, like it makes it look like they're like super close somehow. Like this is awkward. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah. She could go. Sorry, Josephine. Any other plot holes and quibbles? Um, the opening narration makes a statement. It calls the Cowboys the earliest known example of organized crime. And for a movie that yeah. spent so much time being historically accurate, this is wildly inaccurate. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. I, I didn't look back. I know it says it might just be referring to the United States organized crime. If it's not referring just to the United States, which I don't think it specifies, um, yeah. the Yakuza have been around since like the 17th century. So they got to beat by a couple, couple centuries, a couple hundred years. Um, yeah. But then I, I think Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio would have some questions. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. gangs in New York? I know that movie right. comes 10 years later than this, but like, yeah, we had street gangs all over New York. I think, I think organized crime was already a thing mm-hmm. well before this. Cause that, you know, it takes place a good 50 to 60 years before yeah. uh, this does. So sorry. Like, I know it made for a nice dramatic opening. <laughs> the you didn't are, even need it. You didn't like, need it. Like, why do you have to make this statement that is completely unnecessary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that, that one just like, I wrote it down. I'm like, 
The yeah. first organized crime? Really? You're going to make that claim here? We don't need to make that claim. <laughs> I love that you like researched that as, I the, had uh, to. as the historian. I, yeah. This is the only time I ever put my degree to use. Okay, I don't get to use it any <laughs> the rest of the time. I might as well do it to talk about a, a movie. That's awesome. Um, that part's rough. Morgan's always looking at girls, and it bugs me because he's supposed to be like the wholesome brother of the three of them. <laughs> and like they're driving through town, and he's like, pointing at the the hookers like, hey look at the girls over there <laughs> and there's another time where he says something too that's just like morgan he like he like stares down um uh josephine as she yes. walks from the one side to the other yeah yeah there's just a few where he's just yeah. like and his wife's like five feet away for one of them i'm pretty sure like come on morgan <laughs> um did I see her? Is Wyatt eating with chopsticks in the bar at one point? I thought I saw that too. And I'm just or, or uh, Morgan was too because he was giving noodles to the dog. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, I know that there's a lot of like, there was a lot of Chinese workers on the railroad during this time. But number mm-hmm. one, the railroad doesn't come to Tombstone. We made that yeah. point clear at the beginning because they get off the train and then they have like a short little yeah. covered wagon. But they had the opium dens uh, down in there. They had the opium dens. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's still, I still don't think Wyatt Earp knew how to use chopsticks. Even if like (laughs) chopsticks existed in this setting, Mm -hmm. I don't think Wyatt Earp's over there just like all pro, like eating his food. I don't know. Yeah. Um, That was rough. Uh, I don't like it when Virgil and Allie are all mad at Wyatt after Virgil gets shot when it's, Virgil who kind of started this like Virgil's the one that crosses the picket line too we're not doing law enforcement we're not doing that we're here to make money we're here to make money and then Virgil's the one that can't take it and justifiably like right I get it and I agree with it mm-hmm. but then you can't turn around and act like it's Wyatt's fault like why yeah. like Virgil's the one that said we're going down there to disarm those guys at the corral what did you think was going to happen after that like yeah um and then Doc's creepy story about being in love with his first cousin is super cringy at the end. I totally forgot about that. Like how he's in love, but she was my first cousin and she ends up joining a convent is the end of the story. <laughs> oh, that's the person. I was just like, what is he talking about? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like yeah. there's just a subtle, I know it was a different time. There were things, right. I mean, although clearly it was a scandal for them too. Cause like she gets sent off to a convent cause she was falling in <laughs> love with her cousin. But it's like, did we have to have all that? Like, couldn't he just said he was in love once? Did we have to have the cousin part and make it creepy? And weird? I want this to be historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we could cut some things out. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, what about breakout performance? Did you have anybody? No. Okay. I didn't either. Julia Stiles, why didn't they make it? I think Michael Bean, who plays Johnny Ringo. I almost put him here, but like he like he does enough, but then just kind of fades into obscurity, right? Like yeah, he's like in he, Aliens, he's in, a, he's in Terminator. Yeah. And like, Terminator 2. Yeah. And then this, and that's like it. And I'm like, he's so good as Johnny Ringo. Like this guy seems like he's got some moments where he's just on fire, like going toe-to-toe with, with Kilmer. And you're like... Nothing else? No more from this guy, really? So. Yeah. The Scorpion King 4? That doesn't (laughs) count? (laughs) When you're in a sequel to a movie that was not good in the beginning, 
Um, yeah, he's been doing a lot of bad movies for a really long time. <laughs> How is there a Scorpion King for it? That's the question we should really be asking. I ourselves. could not believe my eyes as I was just looking at it. Oh, he was in Grindhouse and Planet Terror, which uh, are... Sorry, he's in Planet Terror, one of two movies in Grindhouse. That was the, that's the closest thing that you get to like an actual recognition. I'm not saying he should become here. like a lister or anything. Like, no, he's good in this. Like, better that I should have at least seen him in something. He plays such a yeah. good villain in this. How did nobody, yep, watch this and go, "Ooh, we need to get that guy to play the bad guy in our movie"? Yeah. I'll, I think that that's a, a perfect spot for him. Like he literally goes from like several like blockbuster movies to obscurity quickly. Yeah. Or supposed obscurity. I can't, can't <laughs> hardly name any of the movies that I just read through just now. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Jeff Goldblum effect. You have this crowded Got a crowded house here. Who did who did we add to this that I mentioned? Oh, I added John Corbett. You You added John Corbett. True. Yes. I had him in before they were stars. Um, Powers Booth. Yes. Okay. I think belongs unless you're like a huge Deadwood person. It's lots of bit parts other than Deadwood. Like Mm -hmm. I expect. I'm like, you know, he plays like he's in. um, He's in some Avengers stuff because he's on the Security Council and Mm -hmm. things. But like. That's nothing. Like he's there for like two seconds, like talking to Nick Fury on a screen. Um, but I'm like, part of it is his name is Powers Booth. <laughs> like this is just fantastic. Once you know this name, you can't forget it. Right. Um, this is where I had Thomas Hayden Church, like I said. Um, and this, this is the one I I'm waiting to see. Billy Zane. <laughs> really go read through the IMBD and ask yourself why Billy Zane is so famous. Why do I know Billy Zane's name? Is it because of Zoolander? Like he's in you multiple should... things where he plays Billy Zane, by the way, like multiple, <laughs> when you go through the IMBD, like where he's just playing himself. And I'm like, if himself. anyone just plays themselves in multiple movies, I feel like, I feel like this is a, a Goldblum kind of moment because Goldblum has that going for him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got the chance to be like the star in Phantom. Um, and the Phantom, sorry, yeah. um, and it was terrible. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know him from Titanic. Um, yeah. Nope. I all of I'm. Phantom was I'm, doomed as soon as you met anyone wear purple spandex and ride a horse along the beach. <laughs> it was over. It was done for. You. Sorry. Should listen to your friend Billy Zane. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> All right. Uh, before they were stars. Uh, this is where I had Corbett, but I think okay. it's fair to move him to Goldblum already. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting that now. I might just be too mean. No, I think it's fair. I can't yeah. name a single other thing. Um, yeah. um, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Is yep. far and away. One. Where yep. I put Paxton here because I think Twister's the breakout more than this. Ooh. Just yeah. looking at the list. Because, like, I forget he's in there. He never never got to be the leading man. He was always, like, the crazy dude in Aliens or Weird Science. Like, the the crazy older brother kind of thing. Now he's the younger brother. And, like, he's he's a clear third fiddle amongst 
right. your voice. Um, although yeah. when, when Virgil doesn't get more, you're like, man, I could use more Virgil. I've never thought I could use more Morgan. Nope. I need a little less sometimes looking at girls apparently, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, I I think that's good. I think that's good. No, wait, because Twister's one year later. Uh, like ninety six, two or three. Yeah, so that was three years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's in Apollo thirteen the year before. Like Apollo thirteen's ninety five. Mm. But I think I think Hanks is standing there just overshadowing everybody else, basically in that one. Yeah, to jump out too much. So I think it's yeah. Twister. All right, iconic moment. Hell's coming with me on the, uh, on the train platform to Ike. Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe. I'd like when doc shrugs off his, the coat off his shoulders and he's got the shotgun in his hand Ooh, at the okay corral. That, one. that yeah. is good. Yeah. That is good. Um, or doc walking out of the shadows is really good. Like, you yeah. Earlier. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. But I think the one you probably see more is the, the, the shrug off of the, he holds that yeah. gun weird too. I don't know what it is about that little moment. It just sticks out as like something's it, weird yeah. here. It's like Does he's he do got it's like, or something because he has to shrug his shoulders so high to get the jacket off. It's like he's kind of popping them, and he has it like really high really up for high. a shotgun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Emperor Palpatine, Jim Carrey, unlimited power over actor award. <laughs> there's there's a lot of. There's a lot of scenes that are candidates in this, but uh, a lot of nominees that we could go yeah. through. I, I went ahead and narrowed it down to my winner though, just because I figured okay. out I spent enough time other places. Yeah. I'm giving it to Wyatt when he keeps yelling no over and over as he walks into the river to shoot Curly Bill. Now I know this would have made quibbles, but it like the actual shooting part is is historically yeah. accurate. Nobody mentioned in the uh, historical things about him no. No, just repeatedly just saying the same thing over and over as he walks out to his seeming death in this moment. Um, so I, I've got Curly Bill as my runaway winner. Like, I feel like everything he says in this movie, he's awesome, but he's completely like just overacting the entire time. And then J- Johnny Ringo in the drunken stupor scene, oof, like in the middle yeah. of the. Uh, of the uh, main street um, was, was kind of a uh, like, he just kind of oversells that one just a little bit. So don't mind him. He's just drunk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Technical cinematography nerd stuff. Uh, Robert Meacham is the voice of the narrator, which is pretty cool. Like a very, Tied to this Very. whole Western mm. genre, very, mm-hmm. very tightly. So that was cool. Yeah. Lots of cool, beautiful shots of the open range. Like hard to pick uh, one out of the many that they had. Just nice little cuts interspersing just to kind of set the stage for it. So it's all the really that I had here. Um, what's your favorite song or score moment? I didn't have any. I love the score as they're walking down the street to the OK Corral, like especially like at, after they do like the kind of the reprise almost uh, at the end. You don't really see that too much in movies. Um, hey, what can we do for the end credit scene? Hey, remember when it was really cool? Whenever they walk down the street to the OK Corral, <laughs> just, just, just do, do it again. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Spiritual metaphors and illustrations. 
uh, Wyatt Earp is my friend. Um, and then he tells him, he tells Wyatt, you're the only human being who ever gave me hope. Um, and just that, that relationship is the core of this movie for me. Like you said, like that's, I don't want to talk about Josephine and Wyatt cause I'd rather talk about Doc and Wyatt cause it's a better story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Proverbs seventeen seventeen says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And you see that in their relationship. Um, yeah. Proverbs eighteen twenty four says a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's, that literally describes doc. Um, like not that, not that Wyatt's brothers like bail on him in some kind of bad way. Like Morgan dies. Yeah. Um, and Virgil is injured. Like Virgil can't keep going, but like mm-hmm. doc sticks with him even through that. Like, even though he's not his actual brother, um, he sticks with him just like he is one. And so they just have this awesome relationship. Um, you know, why it tells me, you know, thanks for always being there, doc. Like they just have each other's backs. They just take care of each other. And this is, this is how God tells us to act like with the people we care about. Like, uh, I love that verse about a brother being born for adversity. Um, there's some dual meaning there that brothers also cause adversity. That's why they're born to bring you adversity. Um, <laughs> at least that's what my daughter would tell me about her little brother. Um, the only child would know nothing about such things. Um, but it's just a, it's just a cool relationship to see and it's just so central to everything that happens that's that's why you have to have curly bill and johnny ringo you got to have two villains for these guys because they're they're a pair mm-hmm. they're going together yeah um, and so i really enjoy their characters together and that just comes out here too that that's that's a good thing that we like to talk about here on the filet podcast that's uh, right all about the brothers of love so because i had already used that in rudy i didn't want to reuse it again here <laughs> And I had a feeling that you would go that route as well. Um, I, I went, and, and it's funny because tonight we um, recorded um, <laughs> Hobbit 2, and you quoted this, um, James 4.17. Uh, if anyone then notes the good they ought to do and doesn't do it is sin for them. And I mean, it's, it's written all over Wyatt's face. I mean, here is his brother. Virgil like demonstrating this for him so very clearly and and his brother Morgan jumps on it earlier and if they hadn't and who knows what would have happened if if uh, he joined that party a little bit earlier I don't know um, but those are the that was the thing that uh, really stuck in my mind that uh, uh, and why why it's kind of this a lot of people probably look at this as kind of a romantic, like, Oh, Wyatt Earp, he survived and he's like the star of the show or whatever. And it's like, no, yeah, like he got lucky that, uh, he, he like survived and, and lived it out. Like he's definitely like a flawed, um, uh, lead in this, like, and yeah. so, um, it's really hard, like continuing to watch it. You, I mean, doc is a very flawed human too. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like nobody's a beacon of, of, of hope in this. I mean, just the, the power of their friendship is like a, a good bond and a good symbol of what that is. But, uh, that's the difficulty and, um, like, and how the world can bring you down, you know, like why it went there to make money. Um, he had, he had done his time doing good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of gives you that feeling of like, Hey, we don't, we don't ever stop doing good. We don't retire from ministry. We don't stop doing what we, we know God asks us and calls us to do, you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah, Virgil kind of does it too. You know, he talks about how he can't look people in the eyes because, like, mm. they know and they, they just get in on it earlier. Like you said, like, why it's holding on longer than them to this idea, but eventually it gets to him. Like, we have to do this. We can't just keep letting letting bad things happen around us. So, yeah. All right. Random, uh, random thoughts. So I'd never caught this before. I've watched this movie a dozen times, at least there's this tombstone when you get to, I'm pretty sure it was when you get to, but they go by this, this cemetery and you can read mm-hmm. one of the tombstones and says, here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a 44, no less, no more. <laughs> like, are we at the haunted mansion at Disneyland or something? Right. Like, <laughs> but it's a funny little thing. Um, that's something that I will say when you go to tombstone, like the cemetery looks exactly like that. Like it looks cheap and really weird. Like (laughs) it's like hand painted, like, like graves. It's super strange. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, you already mentioned the year days. If you do is historically accurate. Like it was reported in the paper. That's just awesome. Um, Postmortem Flex by Doc Holliday for saying it's right. crazy if you do when someone's about to shoot him. Um, so I've always found the the Ringo um, Doc thing at the end kind of because Doc shoots him in the head, which is like mm-hmm. not what you expect. Like you you know we're all right, we're gonna have this like showdown right here, right? And I'm gonna draw and hit you in the chest. And you're slowly gonna, but no, he like shoots him. It's just like very ugly, like gritty mm-hmm. kind of. And plus he's talking trash to him while he's doing it. Um, but you're no Daisy at all. But the actual real life story of Ringo's death is that nobody's sure quite why he died. In fact, the leading theory is he committed suicide because he was found with his gun in his hand and a hole in his head. Mm-hmm. But like, so they kind of account for this. They're like, oh no, it really could have been Doc Holliday. And here he shoots him in the head. And so like, there was like some actual historical thought behind that last scene. Um, even though, most people think, no, it just seems like Johnny Ringo who like suffered from like depression and all this crazy stuff, mm-hmm. which makes some sense when you meet that character in the movie. There's something yep. wrong with this guy, but yeah, it just made some sense of why Doc kind of shoots him in this interesting way. Mm-hmm. So, um, According to Val Kilmer, um, the screenwriter Kevin Jaru wanted to the actors to wear real wool costumes in accordance with the time period. So as you can imagine, um, the Kilmer said the thermometer on the set read 134 degrees um, in Tombstone one day. And Kilmer suggested jokingly that was the reason Doc Holliday killed so many people. It's just like he wore wool in the summer in his Arizona territory, and that made him mad. <laughs> oh, good stuff. That's awesome. Lots of stuff about Wyatt Earp becoming a consultant to motion pictures, and that's probably why his like his uh, his legend grew so much. Um, kind of afterwards, is like people are telling him, like John Wayne um, apparently modeled his famous walk uh, after meeting Wyatt Earp. Um, so, um, and then they mentioned that Billy Breckenridge, uh, Jason Priestley's character. Um, published his memoirs in 1928 that basically said that Wyatt Earp was a thief, pimp, cook, crooked gambler, and murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was contrary to the image he had built around himself. Um, 
So historical investigations have since proven Breckenridge's description of Earp to be accurate. So <laughs> whoever knows how accurate that statement is, but yeah, just found that interesting. Uh, so. I'm pretty sure everybody was a crook and everybody was also right. a lawman at the same time in this movie because everybody yeah. gets deputized and right. So. It's it's crazy. Yeah, there's there's no real like even throughout this we've talked about how much like he's uh, kind of misguided throughout <laughs> the entire thing i don't think that i mean maybe he was just talking about like what he was like like early days of hollywood not necessarily this movie so all right the easiest whose movie is it that we'll ever have on the face of the planet doc holiday it's val kilmer uh, all the way right. this is not even yeah. close not even close not even close well, that's all we have for Tombstone. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if we missed a Doc Holiday quote that's your favorite, hit us up on the Phileo Podcast on Facebook or uh, on Instagram at Phileo Podcast, all one word, all lowercase, or shoot us an email at phileopodcast at gmail.com. Great job, ours. Good brownies. Good brownies. Say it.